arts are everywhere and in everything. And there's a fascinating, unique person and story behind each one. And that's what the Arthropologist is all about. Exploring the arts, one unique person and one unique story at a time. I'm Bill Wilson, and I'm the Arthropologist. This is part two of a two-part interview with dermatologist Dr. Julie Wyatt. For part one, check out are turpentine and mineral spirits really that dangerous? Earlier we were talking about, you know, how other things in the art world can affect the artist. But now I was wanting to focus on the human body as the canvas. Because from what I understand, we have things like tattoos that go back thousands of years. Uh, I think it's Utsi or something like that, the the uh, man that was found frozen in the tundra, several thousand years old. He had tattoos. Okay. So tattoos have been around for a long time. But okay. that being said, I'm 59 years old. When I was 50 years ago, when I was in the single digits, nobody had tattoos. The only people who did were people in motorcycle gangs, sailors, and circus performers. And, I mean, that was literally it. You, you just. Mm-hmm. Now, I just looked on the Internet, uh, that bastion of all truth. But <laughs> uh, um, I think this is probably pretty accurate that 42% of, of adults in the United States have tattoos. 30, that sounds right. 38% of Canadians 36% of Irish, 35 United Kingdom, and then uh, I've got another one here that says 29 in the United Kingdom, but I think they're breaking it into two different uh, segments of the population. Um, but that being said, you're still looking at between one-third and nearly one-half of the the population with tattoos. And... Um, I'll just say offhand that from an artistic standpoint, I, I think some can be attractive, but most tattoos, I'm just, they're stupid. I mean, they're just, uh, people are having them done and they're just, they're not thinking. It's like, oh, I like Burton Ernie or, you know, the Tasmanian devil. I'll have it put on my forearm. It's like, mm-hmm. really, you like that that much that you're going to put that permanently there? And that's okay if that's what you want to do, but that's sort of an aesthetic judgment for another another time. But where mm-hmm. I get a little frustrated is that I don't think the public, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think the public realizes All the ramifications of getting tattoos, I know when I was 18 years old, I was not smart enough to sit back and think about what's going to, what I'm going to be wanting to do 35, 40 years from now and the ramifications of permanently putting something on my skin. And uh, I I think we're also, we, we overstress about certain things that we don't have any control over, like we were talking about earlier. And then things that we do, we're very flippant about. And Mm -hmm. it just seems to me, 
And I'm hoping you educate me. Maybe I'm wrong, but that people just think getting tattoos is just no big deal, that it's really there are no side effects, and it's, you know, from a health standpoint, it's just no big deal. Yeah. Help me out with that. Well, so, I mean, if you look back at the history of tattoos, um, people that are probably, I guess you would say, maybe in their 60s and 70s now, um, who had tattoo with red dye, with red pigment, right. are more at increased risk for hepatitis C. Really? So that's, what, that's right there, just one, yeah. I mean, and now we have recommendations to test most people in those age groups down to 50 for hepatitis C. But that was because that tattoo pigment was very expensive. And so people didn't, didn't change needles and they just, um, I don't know all the ins and outs of putting a tattoo in, but they reused the needles um, or reused the pigment. So there was shared body fluid exposure between people and so hepatitis C was spread. So that, I mean, you know, that there, it, it is a, a procedure. You are injecting something foreign into your skin. So you have an infectious risk. So you're using a, a needle to, to puncture the skin and form a track, and then you're delivering that pigment deeper down into the skin. And so you can be, um, that, you know, that forms an opening, and you could get viruses. You could get, like, we, like hepatitis um, C. You could get a bacterial infection, um, and there's other viruses. So, I mean, you can, you know, it is a medical procedure, I would say, in, in one sense. Do you? And then. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was saying, and then secondly, you know, you're depositing a foreign substance into your skin. And so, like I said, you can be, you can be allergic to things and it's going to, your increased um, exposure risk. If you're someone who likes a, a sleeve or you get this, this, you know, tattoos over a time period, you can become allergic to that um, ink. Now that, I don't think that's really common, but I have seen people come in with certain color tattoos and red is the most common to get a, a, a rash to. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you'll have, they'll have their picture and then they'll have one pigment that puffs up and, and um, bothersome. So you, you can get sensitivity to it. And then let me say one more thing, Bill. So the sure. third thing is that I think that's important to know is that, yes, we do have ways to trap or remove a tattoo. And I put remove in quotes, but you really cannot fully extract all of that pigment out of the skin. So we use lasers as a almost like a, a destructive method to break up that pigment and then your body to pull the pigment out via different cells that are sort of like the trash compactors of your skin. They take out the debris, but you cannot fully, you'll always have a little bit of a stain in those areas. Yeah, the tattoo artists that I've been following online um, have, they, they try to, convey that to people is that there's no such thing as truly removing a tattoo you can knock it down tremendously some colors more than others and usually if you remove you're going to want to put another tattoo on top of it because if you don't then you've got just this ghost image there um and Mm -hmm. and you know that would look worse than having the tattoo and let me just say this earlier and because i'm I may have offended some people earlier with my vehemence, and that's okay. I don't necessarily mind offending people. Um, I just want to do it on purpose. And on, and this I wasn't <laughs> doing on purpose. It was just it's not the art form that I have a problem with. It's that especially young people, 
are so susceptible to making really poor choices. And we are talking about a subject that uh, I remember someone I used to listen to on the radio who was a psychologist that would talk about suicide. And she'd say, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And the way I see a lot of this body modification stuff is people have some issues, you know, especially young people, and they're doing all of this stuff to their body that's permanent. And, you know, it's like you want to tell them you're going to grow out of this, you know, you'll change and it's okay to get tattoos, but just be aware of what's going on with your with your body and and the long-term effects and I will just admit I wasn't just stupid when I was young I was industrial strength stupid I would just be (laughs) I would be I'd be so embarrassed if people knew the dumb things I did when I was a kid so I'm not pointing a finger of indignation and saying oh you're so dumb I'm saying I was right there with you and I am so glad when I grew up in the 60s and 70s it was physically impossible for you to go get a tattoo at, at a young age. Okay. Just, there were hardly any tattoo parlors, and the ones that existed were in the seedy side of town, and they would have never tattooed okay. someone in their teens or something. And now you yeah. got you got mothers bringing teenagers in. But um, so there's, there's my spiel of, of why I feel so strongly about this is that, you know, I just care about young people. Um, now, you told me that you actually have lasers to remove uh, tattoos, right? And you mean in my, yes. in my clinic? Yes. Well, no, I do, I do not. Okay. In, order to, in order to do that, you have to have, because the target of the laser is that particular chromophore, that particular color, you have to have a number of lasers. Oh, I'm um, sorry. To really that's get right. into tattoo removal. That's right. Yeah. You, you told me you didn't, and that's why. Okay, so mm-hmm. you don't, if if a doctor is removing tattoos, it's not like you hit them with one laser and remove that, and remove the whole thing. You've actually got to go over areas several times that have multiple colors. Is that right? That's right, with different lasers, and it's like multiple trips. Um, I think it's pretty, you know, I've never done a lot of it, but it, from my understanding, it's fairly, like a lot of visits, it's fairly expensive for both doctor and the, I mean, for the patient, because to have all those lasers at your disposal costs a lot of money. Right. And so it's just a, it's, it's a really difficult process. It is not easy to remove it with a laser. Yeah. And I, that's the other thing is I think a lot of times people kind of have this attitude of now, oh, well, there's laser re- removal. I'll just go get it. It's like a big eraser. And it's not quite like yeah. that. It's, well, one thing yeah. then, um, I'm assuming that if it's a laser, the doctor has to wear goggles or glasses of some sort to protect their eyes you do to protect protect your retina okay Mm -hmm. well then people who get tattoos on their eyes eyelids and stuff like that then that's there to stay right because there wouldn't be any way for them to cover the eyes well you 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 might could put it you could put an eye shield in oh you can numb someone's eye and put a shield in okay okay well um, i hadn't thought of that that's right yeah. Okay. I'm just sort of looking through my my notes of questions here because that that shocked me. I was I was thinking, wow, you know, if you get them on your eyelids, and lots of people do, you yeah. you'd be out of luck. But no, that thank the, thank goodness that we've got the eye shields you were talking about. 
facial okay. piercings and all this. All right, you get your lips, your nose, your cheeks pierced. What are the dangers of that as opposed to just getting your, because they'll say, well, you get your earlobes pierced. What is the mm-hmm. real medical difference between getting your ears pierced and getting your nose, your lips, your cheeks, your eyebrows? What's the difference? Well, I, so to get a, like a surface, we call it a mucosal surface, that's like the inside of your mouth or the vaginal area or um, like on the penis, like it's a urethra where it opens, where urine comes out. Those are those are called mucosal surfaces, and they just have more bacteria loads and skin that is not mucosal. So that will be a little increased risk of infection okay. in those areas than you might have in, um, in like your ear lobule. Um, and then, I mean, just from a practical standpoint, just the trauma. You know, your earlobe is not really, it's not under tension. It's not an area where, I mean, obviously we, it could be traumatized too, but I would just say the other areas would be a little higher risk for that. Um, and um, I've seen where people, you know, uh, well, one thing, the upper part of the ear, the cartilage part, um, mm-hmm. is that more likely to deteriorate or have problems if you pierce that than the lobe? It's it's not, um, okay. but you can't when when cartilage becomes inflamed, it is very painful. So if you were to get just um, any kind of just subtle irritation, or if it got infected, it's a it's a little bit bigger problem than if your skin gets infected. Oh really? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you get on the internet, you'll see people who will pierce. Oh, like I said, their nose, their their cheeks and uh, their lips if they decide okay I don't want those anymore can you fix Mm -hmm. that are you always going to have I'm sure the holes will I guess close up but there'll always Mm -hmm. be a little dimple right there won't it where there was a hole at one time but you you can fix that with surgery you'll have a little scar to prove it but you could pull it together in a sort of practiced planned way and make that look good. Okay, so... So those could be reversed. Okay, and I have seen ears that were stretched to where they had, like, dinner plates. It was just incredible. And they would sew mm-hmm. those back together. Um, but is there a point where um, you can make stuff just too big and there's just not a whole lot you can do. I mean, just cut off the excess skin and sew it back together, whatever's left. And that's what you got. I mean, yeah, there would be a point where it's going to limit what you're able to do. So if you have, it's almost like having a large stretch mark. I mean, stretch marks are a scar, right? And we don't have a way to get rid of scars. So if it stretches that much, then, um, um, I mean, I've seen, yeah, yeah, I've seen some pictures of people. Now, some of these, again, they're carrying it to an extreme, but the, where I'm going with this is that the extreme is being redefined so that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I just saw a picture this morning of a guy that had the earrings that, you know, were like say about the size of dinner plates, it seemed like for his ears, but he had also probably bigger than nickel, almost not quite quarter size hole on either side through his nose. And so you could actually wow. see through. And on his mouth, they they now have these, 
I don't know, these discs that you insert on either side of the uh, cheek and you've got mm-hmm. a hole the size of a quarter or a 50 cent piece on either side. You've got a ring that is there to kind of keep the flesh from collapsing in. And then you got caps that you put on either side to, um, you know, so you can eat and swallow and then pop them back out so people can see through your mouth, I guess. Um, oh, wow. Is that fixable? I mean, a hole that big. Could you fix that and it not be just a terrible scar left? Um, on on the mouth, I, you have enough extra tissue, you know, to pull that together probably. I mean, it'd be expensive to repair. Okay. The plastic surgery could do it. And then on the nose, that's a pretty large defect on the nose. Okay. Um, and I, I would worry I would worry about that from a health standpoint. Both of those. That's just that is that's not healthy to do. Okay. <laughs> just, I'll just make a statement. That's not healthy to do. Um, um, what about? What, um, go ahead. If you. Have, well, I was saying just for the nose, that would take extensive tissue rearranging. Okay. To get that to close, you know, close, or or you could always graft it. I mean, so things can be done, but not a smart move from a health standpoint. Okay. In my mind. What about? The, you see belly button tattoos. Is that a big deal or is that just, you got a little bit of extra skin there, it's no big deal? Um, no big deal. Okay. You mean, is that a big deal to pierce it or to tattoo it? To, to pierce it. To pierce it. Um, you know, I think those, I, I, those are, to me, that, that might be a high risk for infection. Okay. But it's not going to harm, it's not a, a harmful thing. Okay. But, I mean, for all you young folks out there, it does stretch and it doesn't look great. It doesn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about nipple piercing? Is that, mm-hmm. um, I don't plan on breastfeeding anytime soon, so it wouldn't bother me if I were so inclined. <laughs> but for, yeah. okay, an 18-year-old girl, 18-year-old woman, okay, and she wants to get her nipples pierced, is that going to be a problem for her down the road if she wants to Maybe. I mean, I, you know, is it like, you mean if she still had the opening intact, yeah. she was still pierced while she breastfed? Well, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean. Is it, I mean, is it something where you could take the jewelry out and the baby breastfeeding and stick it back in? I mean, I honestly don't you know. You could, but I, yeah, you could, but that sounds like a painful <laughs> Thing, but yeah, I mean, potentially you could. Again, it's sort of like asking for trouble. Uh, okay. Well, um, you know, uh, what's so funny is, I mean, the different parts of our bodies, we got them, but we don't really know that much about it. And so, um, mm-hmm. I, you'll have to help me because well, I. Let me, let me say this, Bill. So the so the milk glands or and the ducts are way back behind the nipple, so they all sort of come together at the nipple. So. I mean, you know, like let's say you had a nipple um, piercing and then you got it got infected and it scarred down. That could cause some obstruction of the milk flow. Okay. You know, that might be a complication down the road. Okay. Um, and, you know, you may have some funny drainage, I guess, is the way to say it, <laughs> if you had an intact piercing. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a functionally important, uh, you know, anatomical site. So I, I think that's what I'm saying. It's kind of asking for trouble. It's something that I, I, I don't from a medical standpoint, could be okay, but it could cause problems too. Okay. Lots of people are into all these genital piercings and stretching and stuff like that. Now, I know some of this Mm -hmm. would get off into urology, and so it might be 
where you weren't comfortable talking about that field entirely. But, I mean, I've seen mm -hmm. some really crazy stuff. What are the dangers of doing genital piercing? Is it more just urological, or is there a lot of nerve damage potential, or is it no big deal? Well, I would, again, it goes back to those are mucosal surfaces, and so have a little bit different um, bacterial load on them. So I think a little bit increased risk for infection than if you did it on other, in other sites. Okay, so um, you're saying a little bit, so it's not really a profound problem that, you know, like, you know, I, I, I just, all I can go on is what I see. I don't see a lot of problems with it in clinic. Okay. Um, but I, I do think it, it's higher risk than piercing, like, the nose or the um, the ear. Okay. The lobule of the ear. Okay. And with stretching the tissues, is, again, that something where you can just patch it back up or sew it back up? Or, I mean, if people stretch different body parts and you can just like the ear just sew it back up or something you could you could probably do some sort of repair but it would not look normal and would it so you're not going to come back just to normal i mean skin is you know it it's highly elastic and but you can't once it's been stretched like that it doesn't you'd have to cut out the stretch part and and um and so that's getting really kind of replace it with scar and, and that's getting rid of a lot of nerve tissue, right? So, you know, like if you stretch a certain amount of your skin, whatever nerves are in that skin, if you cut that off, then mm -hmm. you cut the nerves off or the nerves. Yeah, if you're speaking about like in genital skin, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that could be. And then, you know, when, when nerves regenerate or heal, they can, they can heal back in an aberrant way where you have like a, a hypersensitive, um, painful, like not right kind of sensation. Right. So, you know, those are, you know, proceed with caution on those things, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And, I, again, I, for a lot of people that don't keep up with this kind of stuff, it's um, it's just a growing phenomena. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm seeing it, well, I mean, if you just get on the Internet, if you get on YouTube, you can, um, you know, just – type in scarification or skin stretching or whatever and again it used to be that it was just a small group of people um that quote unquote we would have called them freaks back in the day <laughs> but now okay. it's just becoming more and more common and uh, again my big fear is that young people doing it and thinking oh well so much of this is just reversible and um You've educated me. I was afraid that some of the facial stuff was less repairable than it appears to be. Mm-hmm. It's repairable, Bill, but definitely going to be a big deal to repair it. You know, it's a, it's a, it would be quite an undertaking. But right. It, but you could, you could get it closed. Right. Yeah, if you check, you know, people are now getting people to inject dyes into their eyes to change the color of their eyes to you know, day, wow. glow, day glow blue and all sorts of greens and reds and stuff. And I know, I know that would be for a, uh, I can't think of what an eye doctor is. What are eye doctors called? Ophthalmologist. Ophthalmologist. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, that would be more an ophthalmological thing, but, uh, I did redeem myself with the word ophthalmological. 
Um, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, you know, it, it just, uh, I do love the arts. And I, and I, I will tell people, if you're thinking that I'm anti-tattoo, um, I'm not. I've, I think they can be quite lovely. I think they can be interesting. But uh, it's just a disturbing trend in our society that people are taking these things to such incredible extremes, especially at such young ages. And yeah. I wanted to talk to someone that, you know, could – you know, give give you at least some understanding of what you're getting ready to embark on, because I, I'm guessing you're not anti-tattoo. Um, I, I I don't know. Well, I'm, I think I might be a little anti-tattoo. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. They, they, from a style standpoint, but but I mean, I, you know, I think it's just it is good for people to understand it from a little bit different perspective. It's, it, it is it is a, a medical procedure in a sense and it yeah. should be regulated with higher standards and you are injecting something foreign into your body. And there are things that, you know, that can, um, that can occur rashes and different types of re like swollenness and chronic issues with it. So it's just important for people to understand. And I have cut a few tattoos off of people that didn't want them anymore. So there is, regret that occurs with it as well oh, one thing i did want to ask actually earlier would have maybe been better but okay you've got someone with uh really heavily tattooed does it make it very difficult for you to be able to see about skin cancers and stuff like that or does it really not affect your ability to detect anomalous skin cells it does i have had a few pains where I, there was a particular lesion within a tattoo that I was trying to look at. And it does because I'm, I'm looking at very fine detail of pigment and things that it does obscure it. So a lot of times I'll have to, I'll be more apt to biopsy it okay. because there's things I can't, I can't tell about it. So it, I have seen, I have found myself in that situation a few times. Right. Right. Okay. Well, again, um, I'm asking a lot of these questions cause I honestly don't know. And, you know, my opinion's worth what you're paying for it, but um, as far as as far as uh, you know, trying to make an inf an informed decision, and I think that's where I'm going with with that is just doing an informed decision. As uh, um, if you're going to decide, well, I want to engage in the art form of tattooing or scarification or whatever, then just understand that you're doing something very profound to your body that may be reversible, but it's not ever going to be 100% back to where it was. All right, Bill. I had fun with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of The Arthropologist, there are more episodes on YouTube. To see my work, you can visit my website, BillWilsonStudio.com, where I have my books, prints, and originals for sale. I'm a portrait painter and illustrator, and there you can contact me about commissioned work. I'm Bill Wilson, and I'm the anthropologist.